Hi, I'm Josh Young. And I'm Josh Dillon. And you're listening to episode seven of Look Who's Siskel and Ebert Now. And today, we're watching the 1990 film Quigley Down Under. Or is it Quigley Goes Down Under now? That's the porno Close and Yeah, exactly. Hey, I did it. Hey. I was so neurotic, I was just more worried about what I was doing. bastard. Selfish. Gotta take you back and shoot you. <laughs> no, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> we are watching a cowboy movie. Yeah, man. Yeah. Our first Western on this podcast. I can't believe it. I guess it is. Yeah. yeah. We, we talked a lot about pro wrestling, <laughs> television related, uh, Lonely Dove. Lonely Dove. Lonesome, Lonesome Dove. Lonesome Dove. Again, different version <laughs> of that story. Directed by Simon Winster. <laughs> it all comes back together. It's Truly, wild. truly. Yeah. Uh, guess what? Chicken butt. We got a fucking new guest host on the podcast. Oh, is that who that is? <laughs> yeah. I like I like everyone to I like to introduce everyone hey. to Roy. <laughs> I mean Tyson Somerville, good friend of mine. My name ain't Roy. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Although man. you do have the name of a cowboy, I have to say. Tyson Somerville? For sure. Or no, I, cattle rancher. You're more like the black hat, <laughs> frankly. Yeah. 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 Thanks. So, <laughs> oh, that's a compliment. That was uh, Alan Rickman just walking out in that costume the first time. I was like, perfect casting. We're yeah. done here. Yeah. Everybody go home. Rickman in the height of his powers, too, no yeah. less. In the height of his villainy. I mean, <laughs> in playing a, the heavy. It's a little off topic, but it was a role he couldn't do, especially as a bad guy. No. Right? Impossible. Right, exactly. Had mm. he Maybe had he lived longer, we'll see him, we would have seen him in a Marvel movie, sadly. But like yeah. that, prob- that I guarantee that was in the pike for him to play like fucking Galactus or some bullshit. Mm-hmm. Or he gets like his Orson Welles thing and he plays like a cartoon yeah. for like 20 minutes before he dies. Yeah, shit. I'm butthole bot. What was he? <laughs> he was the planet that ate things with like a sphincter on it? I don't remember. I'm not even making that up. I don't know it was up. him. I just know he was in the movie. They brought his character back for uh, for the movies? remakes and oh, I can't, they also had some old guy casting in it. <laughs> don't watch those movies. This movie's way better. That much I can say at least. So, oh. why the hell are we watching this movie? Okay, so Josh and I were chatting online as we do. <laughs> firearms came up for some reason. As, Bad uh, day I'm, at the office, I guess. I'm an avid uh, firearm enthusiast. I have quite a collection. I've been published on the subject. I shoot competitions. I got a trophy shelf at home. And somehow handguns came up. And I said, well, God created all men. Sam Colt made them equal. equal. And that was one of the iconic lines from this film. And we started talking, what the hell is that from? Oh, that's from Cookie Down Under. Under. All right, you're on the podcast for that. <laughs> I don't know. It, 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 yeah. <laughs> it was Hit about me. that quick. It hit me like a like a bullet out of a Samuel Colt gun. <laughs> Tyson and I, like since I've met him, we've always talked about this fucking movie. Now, to us, uh, very strikes up a lot of nostalgic feelings for me, especially because my dad tells a story how I had these like two six shooter guns to go see this movie. <laughs> me and me. Like Josh in a cowboy costume. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Asian cowboy. Whatever they existed, maybe somebody like knocked you over no, and took your thing. lunch money on your way to the movie. <laughs> No, I was no, I was really I was a toddler, but like we went me, my dad, my uncle Rod went and saw this. My my uncle Rod is a huge gun enthusiast, mm-hmm. much like yourself. Mm-hmm. Love this movie. They were both big Magnum PI fans. <laughs> as was as was the strong stash people. But my only real memory of it is watching it at my uncle Rod's on laser fucking disc. This oh, nice. my, my only <sighs> my only real memory of it is like watching all of the Outback. And the spectacle of it all in Laserdisc. Yeah. 
I like there are certain movies we cover on this podcast, or I watch. Period. In beautiful widescreen <laughs> yeah, picture only, box on a rear projection TV or some other bullshit. I can only like I can only remember or my my preferred viewing of like films like say Jurassic Park, Forrest Gump is in VHS, mm-hmm. and then there's like a whole other sect where I've watched well, and remembered on Laserdisc. I always think of Laserdisc uh, movies as the movies that would sell Laserdisc players, you yeah. know, like, and this movie makes sense in that way, because there is, like, you, you can't fault it for its gorgeous views. It yeah. looks yeah, yeah. great. Um, even the silly parts look pretty good, except for that cave. That cave is straight out of Congo, frankly. <laughs> yeah, that's a set. Little, little bit of props. Yeah, yeah. I love yeah. that. Oh, and Tyson Somerville. Yeah. That's two different sausage producers, by the way. Tyson Foods and Somerville Sausage. Interesting. You know, so that's another podcast thing we could do. Find a movie about sausages. Weird story. Uh, I actually have made my own sausage several times before. Oh, my God. We do our own processing. Jesus. This is great. Legally, you can't put your name on it and sell it, though. Yeah, yeah. It's a triple threat, man. (laughs) Guns, cowboy movies, and sausage. What more do you need? It's song and dance, man. So, Who needs this? Either way, I'm single. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Crazy. Crazy. So uh, our process here, um, Mr. Somerville Sausage, is <laughs> we go through the plot on Wikipedia, partially as a way to remind ourselves of yeah. the weirder parts, but also sometimes just fun to kind of compare with what Wikipedia completely brushes past yeah, usually. Yeah. Things they forget, like things they get, yeah. Giant 40-minute sections of movies, that kind of a thing. And we will uh, go through it. We'll stop at each paragraph, and it'll give us a chance to kind of Process. go over a little more detail. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. And then when we're done, uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll check out what uh, Siskel and Ebert had to say about it. I'm guessing two big meh, but we'll get there. <laughs> We'll get whoa, there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Nobody said anything about meh. I've given away the big ending here. You know, you know, people just tune in to find out what Cisco and Ebert thought about this. They don't go to YouTube just to there's, check there's themselves. There's got to be a faster way to do that. <laughs> no, no, no. This is the quickest way I've checked. Um, and then, yeah, so at the end, we'll watch yeah. what they had to say about it, and then we'll come back and we'll see yeah. um, how it compares and how dumb we think they are, basically. Gotcha, gotcha. Or how smart we think they are, depending on how much they agree with Before us. Before we get started, we've given our our, uh, our thesis on the film. You've never actually either heard of this movie? I, You know what? I I, I remember <laughs> images of uh, of Tom Selleck in a cowboy hat. Now, we was that a in a movie? Movies. Exactly. Yeah, that doesn't narrow exactly. a bunch. Not He's at all. He's done like two others with the same director. However, yeah. oh yeah. Made for TV ones, but oh, like, yeah, there it is. nothing of the caliber. Yeah. <laughs> Quickly down under. They, they didn't do the earnest thing where it's like... No. <laughs> Quigley goes to Bali. Fabulous. We'll get into that. Quigley scared stupid. Quigley in Peru. Yeah, Quigley in the Orient. Yeah, Quigley saves, saves Christmas. Christmas. Yes. yes, absolutely. You laugh, but I'd watch it. Oh, fuck I, I would be all over yeah. that. Frankly, it would have a lot less weird emotional back and forth yeah. as uh, the <laughs> plot and concept of this movie. Him and Santa have oh, a romantic boy. back and forth. <laughs> Santa's actually hired him to also commit a genocide. Those elves yeah. don't stay at a rifle yeah. range. Oh, God. I feel like we should get started quickly because I feel there's probably a good chance that most of our audience is like me and has no idea what any of these references are yet. So, okay. All right, let's do it. Matthew Quigley is an American cowboy with a specially modified rifle with which he can shoot accurately at extraordinary distances. Seeing a newspaper advertisement that asks for a man with his special talent, he answers using just four words, M. Quigley, 900 yards, written on a copy of an advertisement that is punctured by six closely spaced bullet holes. Okay, first of all, that is not the plot (laughs) of the opening of the film. We've jumped already. Yeah. We'll come back, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because then we get the next, pa- the next paragraph, paragraph starts with him into the end, yeah. going into um, Australia. So maybe we'll just use this to talk about that weird 1950s intro where it's like, 
Cowboy puts stuff on counter. Cowboy looks at map. Cowboy on ship. <laughs> Travels oh. from San Francisco. Fish to out of where, water. To where he arrives in Australia. You can't deny that's a good tune, though. Yeah. <laughs> do, 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 oh, do, man. Do. That song's been stuck in my head since 1993. <laughs> <laughs> like, so... <laughs> This movie, of course, um, was apparently originally written in like 1974, which isn't yeah. weird for a movie to be in production it was, it was off and on. Western Eastern, but it Western, we'll get to that. I, confirm if it's a Western Eastern. Originally, a vehicle for Steve McQueen. Yeah, and yeah, he, yeah, they yeah. were gonna make it, but then he happened. He elected to die from cancer instead. He elected. Selfish. He's like, you know, it's fine. <laughs> he was trying. making. True. Made the his last film was The Hunter. One of his last films was The Hunter. He was gonna go right into production of this, but he. Got cancer, and then he was like, I think I should not do this right now. Yeah. I don't know this would be a good movie to end a career on, to be honest. Really? It's a good movie, but I wouldn't want it to be my last movie, you know? And I, mean? I don't, I, I think also, too, like, other than the fact that he got cancer, he didn't want to revert back to Magnificent Seven, the Westerns mm. that he did, yeah, right? Yeah. He didn't want to go backwards. And you know what? Frankly, considering the production of this movie, and that's not even just an insult, just a, an observation, is that there's definitely a lot of the traditional American Western. Yeah. That's what this is oh, yeah. based off of. I kept thinking you could absolutely put in a John Wayne oh, yeah. in like 1964 it's... or whenever and get him in the lead role. And you wouldn't have to change almost any of the dialogue. No, it's a Louis L'Amour movie. Very. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's a yes. guy in a white cowboy hat who wins and saves this, the day. Hey, he has yeah. good morals and that's why he wins versus it's, it's, a bad guy in yeah. a black cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah. That's There's every literally, Louis L'Amour book. Well, yeah, yeah, literally. White, white savior tropes saving yeah. the natives, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I do it's a like it. problematic when yeah. you dig into it. How would an American cowboy help this situation? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I it's... think he made it worse. <laughs> what? Yeah. Tom Selleck, baby. True. Makes everything right. better. <laughs> Can't argue. When he arrives in Australia, he gets into a fight with employees of the man who hired him as they try to force Crazy Cora onto their wagon. After he identifies himself, he is taken to the station of Elliot Marston, uh, who informs quickly his sharpshooting skills will be used to eradicate the increasingly elusive Aboriginal Australians. Quigley turns down the offer and throws Marston out of his own house. When the Aboriginal uh, manservant knocks Quigley over the head, Marston's men beat him and Cora unconscious and dump them in the outback with no water and little chance of survival. However, they are rescued by Aborigines. So that's, again, we're about Fast 45 forward. minutes into this two-hour movie. Yeah, I got a lot of notes before this. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I would say the most fun I had was like the lead-up to him actually getting there. So yeah. probably the, the densest notes I took were those yeah. opening 20, 25 minutes. Other than the ranch, Marston which is called Marston Waters, which I thought was kind of cool. The I name of Ranch. Yeah, that, yeah, they have a big sign when they arrive. Yeah, it takes what two days from where he arrives on the coast to get no, into the. They, they said just said we've been on his on land his land for, for two days. Two days. So they so could have been on for a four week or five or a days. Holy like, shit! Again, they're not riding by horseback either. Which they're is all weird. Is that like a thing in Australia yeah, at have, the time? Yeah, it's called a cattle station. That's why, like, where's Marston Station later in the movie? Right. It's mm. basically a giant, giant ranch because. Everything in Australia, it's so sparse for vegetation right. that it takes three times the land per cow to raise it there. So the, they just, you know, it's an economy of scale. You need to be this big. Holy and shit. back then it was so loosely popular. That's why, too, like if you look at the U.S. at the time, 
place like Wyoming, where Quigley's from. Yeah. Same thing, huge ranches because low population Asian, density. Yeah, and they own way more land. Yeah, man. You huge. Just, yeah, you can take as much as you can make use of. Right. Is that's the limiting oh, yeah. factor? Is how much can you physically make yeah. use of? But horseback, like they're only horseback riding in the ranch. But yeah. they, because remember, he keeps uh, joking, he's like, "Oh, I'm on the back of the Too wagon of with the yeah, with the women." They address that. Yeah. Yeah, because the the cattle can live off the land easier than the horses. Horse, they they oh, said they okay. can eat rougher and drink rougher, so they can handle like less water, water and eating less food and like cows don't give a shit they just he's gotta thing. sit in the wagon with the, the women, women. <laughs> <laughs> so before all this happens the first thing that i couldn't help notice was when he makes landfall uh for the first time he's got spurs on yeah like did he wear those over the whole that was yes. just a fashion statement it's just like what's felt to me too is like he's been in that country for 20 minutes he's been in about four fights yeah like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like i get it he's he's the good guy and he's a tough guy but he's kind of an asshole oh yeah, yeah. this yeah. was the I mean, first john wayne kind of thing yeah. to me too i'm like oh people are being mean he's just gonna be mean to them because they're mean people I mean, that's yeah. the whole movie then isn't but like it? he's really not minding his own business no or anything no, not he at all it's right up into that french canadian fur traders Which, trapper's face yeah. like and then his balls and then hits him in the balls hit a man in the nuts i checked three and a half minutes in (laughs) balls a guy and i hate to say it like it's a little bit of a diversion here but the movie takes place in the 1860s at the earliest Mm -hmm. yeah 1881 at the latest Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. based on what's going on otherwise in the movie to quickly correct you they originally were going to make it in the it is in the 1860s yeah they were originally going to make it in the 1880s 20 years later but they opted to go with that so it's entirely possible he's all fucked up from the civil war oh yeah yeah. you know what i mean like he's a dude with ptsd running away from the u.s because he can't handle being there yeah and he's spoiling for a fight he's looking for somebody to punch on the street like if he had to spend two that. nights in that town he'd have been in a bar brawl and i love how for that's sure. like for sure. not even yeah. subtext it's just like external text yeah. it's like metatextual it's just yeah. like well because so they don't calm. do at any point does he mention the war or feel but no, you're absolutely yeah. like but at, at no point is he like no nah, i don't feel like fighting yeah. you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah, yeah. as he's soon as there's an fight. opportunity he's, he's in, in it exactly yeah. and he's one of those guys i didn't start that fight no, mm. but you did nothing to stop it. Yeah, you fucking right. finished it. Yeah. And so. even, I mean, it's jumping ahead, but later in the movie, go for it. They immediately, like, there's no, like, oh, we just got to get out of here and get home. They're like, yeah, we got to go back and get revenge. Gotta, like, that's the plan. Got to kill that, man. Like, yeah. just immediately, there's no discussion of, like, well, do we go back and stop no. him? Do we report this to the authorities? <laughs> do we find like, it? Exactly. No. Like, yeah, there, because there might be that, that subtext within Quigley, yeah. but he seems so, like, white hat, yeah. calm, cool, calm. collective. But is that is that the guys? We don't know. Oh, okay. Wyoming, from that, okay. From, from that Wyoming. cowboy's perspective, too, that's often the case in yeah. these movies, right? They're all just presented as it's a good thing they, they did that. Yeah, but if you yeah. actually just say the things they did, you're like, what the fuck what is was, happening? Why was, was the that John, the choice? Remember Horse Soldiers with John Wayne when he loses it in the bar? That's one of his earlier films. <laughs> yeah, right? do you yeah, remember yeah. that scene? Yes, though? I do. Because yeah. he's calm, he's in charge of doing everything, and then suddenly Snaps. he starts beating people up in the bar and pulls <laughs> Buddy off a horse. That was written in his contract. <laughs> yeah. He had to do that in the movies. Good. Okay. <laughs> Okay, Wyoming. You mentioned yeah. might, this might take place maybe just yeah. after the Civil War. Yeah, or maybe For, he's escaping the war. Maybe he's avoiding. He's a, oh, he, yeah. he's a conscientious objector, <laughs> or an escaping no. Southern general. Yeah, yeah, yeah living maybe, under yeah. an assumed Wyoming, identity. That's why he has that ridiculous accent, yeah. which does not make sense yeah. in this period. Wyoming, peaceful. you would have fought for the Union, right? I would think so. Well, I was trying to figure it out. My history's a little shaky, but I think those were still like uncharted territory so to speak from wyoming so the, yeah so they yeah. might not have even yeah. officially so been involved, involved in the war yeah so the people there could kind of just pick a side it. which probably would have sided with the north yeah for a lot of little reasons yeah i love that i really do it's so. just like I, i'm way more interested in the movie you guys are writing right now yeah, this he, sounds well, way yeah, better and you're right about you're right about him might like just wanting to fight and fucking hurt people yeah all he had to do especially because 
Marston's like, they're having the big dinner. His his yeah. uh, cronies are like, you've been eating mutton all week. And everybody's Irish, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> but like <laughs> Irish criminals. Irish criminals. Kind of a redundancy, but probably yeah. ancestors of mine. <laughs> but like, Just but like I'm thinking <laughs> they're having the dinner, and then next thing you know, Alan Rickman's getting tossed out of his own home twice. Which I find oh. hilarious. That and you're right, because he I wants love. to fight him. And I think it's like it might be some like micro like class. Class warrior in him. Yeah. At the same time, he finds out he's not there to uh, sharpshoot dingoes, which is yeah. guys can do easily. He's there to hunt aborigines. He could have just said no and walked the fuck back. Well, that's what I'm wondering too. If there's something going on there, because he's clearly a guy who can live off the land. Yeah. Right. Like. Oh yeah. So a lot of these guys out west in the early days survived because they either married into native tribes or they yeah. worked closely with them. So he's probably got a soft spot for them. And during Definitely, the dinner, yeah, yeah, remember, they, yeah. oh, we found, you guys, Americans found a solution. He goes, well, it uh, depends on whether or not you're an Indian, right? Yeah, like, it didn't work which, out for them. Yeah, which I'm actually uncomfortable even saying that word. That was a direct quote. movie. But, so you can tell he's a guy that's kind of got a soft spot for it. And yeah. that might be part of, that is, he's really wants to defend people yeah. that maybe can't defend themselves or he feels can't defend themselves, which feels the need to yeah, do so, which actually yeah. in the context of this movie in that history, they talk about that pacification by force. Mm-hmm. Right. That mm-hmm. was a real thing. Actually, that was right. a real yeah. policy. policy. But it also said on the online, what little I could find that there was a lot of like the Aborigines were doing like aggressive guerrilla warfare. warfare yeah. Like they were, they were dishing out too. Marston, Marston's yeah. talking about how uh, his mom died holding yeah. her sewing. Yeah. Like it was, which, the, inta- the attack was almost instantaneous. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like in the movie, they're portrayed as like very peaceful and like victims of everything yeah in reality they were throwing down too which to me they good like <laughs> yeah they're like dude, they're they're it's a self-defense yeah. yeah. show that like one guy got killed by it remember on the horses they they speared one guy no no it's yeah. not about them like, no it's like about to tom Selleck. More... he's got to go kill <laughs> alan rickman <laughs> yeah that's what this movie's about yes it was just it seemed like it was tom Selleck against everyone else absolutely like, it was like for no reason with minimal seen... minimal assistance yeah. from the aborigines i'd have loved to seen them like when they they rescue him later in the movie if they're like here's how we do an ambush right you know yeah. like something like that like he learns a little from yeah. them too would have been cool yeah. or like what if the british were more involved in this yeah. maybe that's it this guy had crown backing of some kind that made him harder to get well, at he does, like anything he? well no nope. he's just a rich guy no, so he, he has crown backing in that sense so again we're going like, way out of order here yeah but- Instead of killing them at his ranch, he takes them out the desert to have Australia kill him. Right. Mm-hmm. That's because he knows he can't have two dead people on his ranch. He'd have to explain killed. that. Like he, yeah. he can't get away with that in front of the crowd. But he killed that two, those two deserters in the beginning when they arrived there. Yeah, in yeah. front of witnesses defending, defending himself. himself. That's why he left the guns, guns out with them. them. Yeah, right? then he had pow, to set pow. it up. He couldn't just shoot him. He had to right. set it up. Classic Hans Gruber right. move. I know, he's great. Classic but, Hans yeah, Gruber, yeah. I love but it. But also... Um, Classic Sheriff of Nottingham. Like the... <laughs> The Aborigines wouldn't have had help from the government because, like you said, their policy is to let local landowners deal with it however they want. Exactly. As per the government regulation at the time, they weren't people. Right. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. the same as the dingo. No if, paper you, if they're on your land, you can shoot them. You can shoot them yeah. yeah, on site. So, like, Rickman was still a little afraid of yeah. the British crown. Or, like, he knew he had to come. Trying to himself. play within whatever the rules he thought were. But he's yeah. working but, in, uh, in tandem with that fucking major dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, in the set fa- fact that every landowner would be, right? Yeah. right. Because I, that's why the British are I there. Think it was, right. still a colony, blah, blah. You can blah, get away blah. with a lot, but you can't get away with some, some things. things. Yeah. So it's kind of buddy-buddy, but not really. Then you see the wire. You know what this is about. Yeah. What about Frank Sabatska? Is he fucked yet, though? No. And Alan Rickman being a fancy pistolier in this movie is a little funny to me because I remember watching that documentary about um, oh god uh, is it Die Hard when he's 
when he's the bad guy. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the first movie he's ever like held a gun in, yeah. and they had to like train him train to be like, to like, like lock your wrist better, don't lift yeah. your. And now he's how like, not to look like Steven Seagal. Yeah, that fucking gun, that yeah, cool, yeah. like nothing. Yeah. yeah, love that shit. Okay, nonsense. Sorry, nonsense. sorry. Anyway, we oh no, worries. A bunch, but no, don't worry. Part of the content. That's right. We talk for four hours, and then I cut it down to forty-five minutes, and it might not suck. Good luck. I can talk three hours about this movie in the historical context. Challenge not accepted. Yeah, I'm sorry. Accepted. We got to talk about Cora. We skipped all right. over Cora. We got Cora. We got our uh, again our '50s '60s cowboy movie. I need the firecracker lady. Yeah. Real excitable. Yeah. Oh. We, need, uh, we need the Marino hair. Gonna go punch out. Usually yeah. a brunette. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Usually a brunette. I'll take it. Which might and explain some things about me. <laughs> she is absolutely weird. Great in this movie too. And like she plays yeah. it well. Yeah. Her and Alan Rickman, I think, are the two people that seem to play a, a very consistent character in a way where like she actually has an arc in a lot of ways nobody has an emotional arc really because again he our, our our main character yeah uh, he's him through the whole movie yeah, yeah. and he, and again yeah and i, I quickly kind of like quartermain you know he's just this kind of guy who is this action yeah. thing he he's, makes a thing yeah, happen he's stuck in these events yeah and, and he's not the one changing or yeah. growing at, necessarily at best here. you could say he maybe softens a little yeah Right. Exactly. But he's the, he's the thing that, that, uh, he's the thing that moves everything else. Yeah. Uh, She actually has a bit of an arc in this and a real sad backstory, Mm -hmm. which the thing this movie does a few times where you get like a really sad or like real serious moment. And then they're like, do, 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 do. Adventure (laughs) music time. We're having a good fun time. Cowboy stuff. Montage. And then, uh, then, uh, picturesque uh, of the outback. (laughs) So. She is being picked up by, as we are formed later, criminal Irishmen, <laughs> uh, Irish felons or whatever. Possible uh, yeah. ancestors of one Josh Young. Yes, potentially. Confirm or deny yeah. that. <laughs> I would love if it was on the Filipino side. Like they <laughs> went for it. They were outlaws in Australia. And they got kicked out of Australia, ended up in the Philippines, and then eventually you came here. Just island hopping back and forth. I love it. That sounds like you. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, so uh, we run into a group of guys who are working for, of yeah. course, Marston, as Marston's we've goons, talked about. Who are luring women onto a wagon. Yeah. With, the fuck is that about? Yeah. Like, which is just the, the way, like, I mean, like, if she's putting up that much of a fight, I think you're done. I think it's yeah. over. Because she's, like, clawing out eyeballs and, like, yeah, biting people. going at them. Well, yeah, like, there's two women already on the wagon. They're trying to get her on. They seem pretty pacified. They didn't need to use any force. Yeah. But, like, are they just grabbing women off the street? Right, it, like walking by, like, hey, get on the wagon, or did they like go to a brothel? brothel they were like, yeah. brothel there. So there's was definitely she the implication. Working at the brothel? Was she I, I'm guessing some, that's the implication. Was she some crazy girl in the back room that they were like, yeah, good it. luck with that one? <laughs> they like, never fully explain it. She's like just nut bar and, for and most of the movie. Clearly, she'd been there a while because later oh, yeah. in the movie, she talks about how she goes to the docks every day, day. every yeah, time a ship comes from America. Looking for Roy. Looking yeah. For Roy. Uh, she's less, she's less prostitute, more chambermaid. Maybe. Either way, heart of gold. Heart yeah, of gold, heart of gold. Sure. Yeah, you can't help but feel bad for her. So Quigley uh, comes to her rescue because both she needs it and also he just really likes coming to people's rescue. He's like scrapping, yeah. Right? yeah. She refers to him as Roy and refused to refer to him as anything else. And uh, turns out he's got to go work for Marston, so he's got to get on the wagon as well. Yeah. And when yeah, he, that's that, that shit. When he corrects her with his name, it's brought out. But it, I was My wondering, name is Matthew. The, whole, the whole movie I'm wondering, did he look like Roy? Or was he just the first guy that was nice to her? 
that was yes. from America. America. You know what I mean? An American. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody she could. I, I bet she he wasn't the first guy. She was like, Roy. She's yeah. the first one that he couldn't get away from her. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, like, she just calls everybody that and whoever she kind of gets a rise from. She's like, hi, good enough. She probably would have called yeah. the French Canadian trapper Roy yeah, yeah. if it suited her needs. Maybe this so. is all a hoka. Maybe she's like a legitimate prostitute and just saw an avenue here. <laughs> you know what I mean? A mark? You got to yeah. keep working. You're yeah. always working. She's just, the whole movie is actually just her hustling. Always be <laughs> closing. She almost, she almost got murdered but like five times in this movie. Well, it doesn't always work out. Yeah. Got eaten by dingoes, beaten by Irishmen. Hey, it's, it's <laughs> you, the... my friend, have never been on a vacation. It's <laughs> a normal vacation for me. It's the career, yeah. right? Like, first place is a vacation, second place is a box of steak, knives, and third place is you're fired. fired. Get the fuck out. Yeah. You, you got to really work to be a prostitute on those docks. When it recovery, yeah. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. <laughs> I, again, think we've talked about it on this podcast before. We uh, don't know. <laughs> can okay. can some point. Or to diet. <laughs> Whenever we get those leads in. <laughs> this uh, culminates with like a montage of them traveling for days across the outback, uh, eventually making it to uh, Marston's ranch, Marston yeah, Waters. Waters. And uh, they, uh, we meet Alan Rickman looking his most Alan Rickman. Like, picture mm-hmm. how you think Alan Rickman would look as a bad guy in a cowboy movie. It's <laughs> oh, yeah, that. Oh, yeah, that. they nailed it. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's perfect in that yeah. role. He's dressed perfect for that role. Mm hmm. Always rocking facial hair, that yeah. guy. Matthew it's... Quigley's dressed a little wrong for that role. I mean, Australia's hot. Yeah. Hot compared to He had a lot of layers. That. And he just spent three months on a boat. That dude's going to be wearing very little of anything. And yeah. he's yeah. all worried later and in the movie, too, like, about, like, oh, your dad didn't tell you you're going to die out there he, in the desert or whatever. He's wearing, like, heavy leather yeah. chaps yeah, and Yeah, buckskin chaps and, and stuff spurs and, like, and the, the, the blue shirt that yeah. he wears. Yeah, the bib shirt. That yeah. don't, which that actually, don't breathe. <laughs> which lends credit to him being a Union, Union. soldier. Is him yeah, wearing the blue bib shirt. Yeah, yeah. The double-breasted thing. Thing. Yeah, uh, you that double-breasted blues. Yeah, those colors don't run. <laughs> <laughs> I love the the scene where he throws him out of the the fucking house, house. out the it's, window. It's so senseless. It makes no sense <laughs> because, like, it even says in our overview here that, like, oh, he turns down the job and he throws him out the window. No, he just throws him out the window. We yeah, cut abruptly. We do a we do a hard cut to to him fly, flying back first out that window, and everyone else is like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Basically, yeah. so I won't stand for this. And he goes back for it. And they get tossed out again. It's like, what the fuck are you waiting for? <laughs> but we also have to talk about what was Alan Rickman doing here? Is there not easier way to get people who will commit genocide for you? I feel like well, he worked very hard to get this man from very far away to come he here. a lot of money. And then to be like, okay, so I don't actually want you to shoot the dogs or the ca- yeah. kangaroos, the wildlife. I want you to shoot those people over there. Well, the women, children, all of them, please. Yeah, you see, there's a lot of flaws in this movie. Clearly, like we, we glanced over a little bit, but that first shooting scene where Ugh. you finally see what he can do, because that's what this movie's about for a lot of people is the shooting and that rifle, yeah. mm-hmm. right? In the firearms community, the, this movie's like, it's a classic. It's a cult classic. There's shoots dedicated to this movie, named after this movie. Oh, yeah. You can buy a replica of that gun in that caliber. Please yeah. feel free to go into detail sure. about this gun so, okay. and these, this, so this scene okay. and why this is so important so, to uh, dudes that have tactical vests, yeah. like multiple ones. <laughs> No, I'd say it's more the guys that have the leather buckskins. Ah, the there black you go. Powder yeah, I got you. I mean, I everybody you. loves it, but it's that. It's the old cowboy crowd. But basically what he has is a, a Sharps rifle, which is a legitimate rifle. It's very similar to Unforgiven, what he had. Right. Mm. It was, it's, 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 I think, the same manufacturer, but a different model. Right. Right. It has that weird side hammer on it, whatever, but it's got a nice extra long barrel so he can run 
45 110 which is a legitimate caliber from back then it's a big buffalo cartridge it's not yeah. very popular now it's only in custom guns but back then it was and fully experimental like they even referred yeah. to it as experimental well, rifle back then cartridge ammunition was, was a experimental yeah. right yeah. if you look at all the civil war stuff and most of the other guys in the movie they have cap and ball black powder muskets and yeah. even the revolvers when she's getting attacked she's by the loading, dingoes yeah, and she's, she's counting it, it she's yeah. pushing yeah. it into the chamber into the cylinder load. it's because they don't have cartridges Just, yet that yeah. was a very new technology you can go and special order it there's companies that manufacture that exact gun to those specs and people pay big money do for you, it is that because of the movie do you yes. think yeah. yeah yeah like sharps the company that made that rifle went out of business in the late 1800s and a bunch of other companies started making replicas mm -hmm. of that action because it's a good action. But you can get it in any caliber you want and all kinds of varieties. Anyway, but so in that movie, they run that bucket out and I found someone online that was crazy enough to do the math on how fast the horse <laughs> runs, how long it was running. So this is all the Gun internet people, says, I love right? it. Oh yeah, well it's, there's a lot of overlap between firearms owners and autism. Weird. Yeah, right? <laughs> People that love numbers and really committing to things. Just and, that you know, level of hyper-focus. Yes, like exactly. It change everything about your so, life to have this hobby. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure, 100%. Course. I yeah. sometimes wonder if I should get tested. But, <laughs> so people have done the math on it, and they say it should be about 800 yards that bucket goes out to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's an impressive shot now. Like, I've got modern mm. rifles with modern technology. I have a laser range finder. I have a wind meter, everything to know, every detail I need to know to hit that bucket. And that's still an impressive shot to hit it now. And he hits it twice, He right? hits it three times. Three times. Standing cold. So the, there's a term called cold bore, which is your first shot of the day, day or yeah. your first shot of the mm. few weeks. So he spent three months on a boat. <laughs> no practice. No practice. Unless he's shooting on the boat, which I'd love maybe. to see throwing melons off the side. What are you doing, right? Like, so, okay, I get that. Maybe he's good. He's stretched out, you know, off mm -hmm. camera. He's, you know, working the shoulder, getting steady. Fine. But to gauge distance that accurately, because you have to be within 10, 20 meters because your ballistics are so crazy yeah. on that. And then just throws a bunch of dirt in the air. Yeah. That's well, yeah, fine. He, got he it. Does that. He looks at to the, get your wind and looks stuff, at the right? windmill and like, but you've got to remember too elevation makes a huge difference mm. like i was shooting at a competition in the rockies and a guy from saskatchewan was like i'm hitting nine inches i think he said higher here than i do at home because your air densities mm. are different so there's all these extra factors that really come into play at those distances yeah, right, that would yeah. make this absolutely impossible and absolutely. the biggest thing is he's shooting offhand most people couldn't make that shot at a hundred yards offhand. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. So, and he just does it. And even, he just, yeah. I mean, that's why he's the hero of the story. Yeah. He might but as well just be like cocking his yeah. fist to and the side all, and shooting the clock. Kind of hokum, yeah. Right. And same with, uh, when Marson's like, Oh, I put these advertisements everywhere and they all wrote letters. You had a way with words. And he shows them the flyer that has six, six holes punching it and looking at it. You can see Alan Rickman's thumb. Well, a guy's thumb is about an inch. Uh, yeah. So he put six rounds in about two, two and a half inches. And like a 900. perfectly even spread. Yeah. yeah like yeah. each hole is yeah. the same distance. I thought at first I was looking at like, it was it like a like scatter. A it was like a buckshot yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. He's like, no, it's like, yeah, it's like, cause it's like a hole yeah. punch yeah. in perfect distance, like a, like a quarter inch from each yeah. other punch. That's, it's crazy. That's world record bench yeah. rest shooting territory yeah, with absolutely. today's technology. That's, that's high comic book character. Yeah. Yeah. That's what is it? Dead eye or whatever. Yeah. Like that's, that level yeah. right so it's technically <laughs> it. possible with today's technology even back then it was technically possible but mm, when possible. he says he's the best no. in the world 
He would have to be. He would have to be some kind of a mutant comic book character to be well, doing that, yeah. right? I guess in, in a way, though, this is better than doing that other thing movies do where they do zero research. Yeah. And the thing is actually quite simple to accomplish. And everybody spends uh, the entire movie yeah. being like, that guy's a fucking killer. Or, or this is the best the I've ever seen. Where it's completely like, these are all things that are technically possible, yeah. but extremely mm. unlikely, yeah. right? Like, mm. it's not so far off the deep end that you're like, ah, that's yeah. ridiculous, right? It's yeah. not like Fast and the Furious where they're like, oh, we raced a car to the moon. And you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's great. I you know what I mean? Like, that. it's just, it's one of those How'd things. How do they do that? Like, it's, it's just far enough off the deep end that you're like, people still up that there. don't know a lot are like, I'm sure my uncle could do that. And you're like, no. I don't think he could. People, people still because, argue like, about it online today I, I, on forums about whether or not it's possible. 33 years This later, movie was yeah. clearly not made for a niche audience. Yeah. It was trying to make a broad film. Yeah. So, like, it's amazing that it is even that close to, like, a real thing, considering yeah. that they made it for boobs like myself on a Sunday morning in They, they must have had a pretty good 90. consultant on set. But boy, does he beat the snot out of that yes. thing. Yes, he, yes, he has a weapon. Yeah, 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 yeah fucking flip through the There's window. There's no way he didn't bend the barrel on that thing. Yeah, Maybe that's that it. It's all in the gun. It's yeah. all in the gun. It's like, I want to see the prequel where he sells his soul to the devil for this yeah, perfect yeah, firearm, yeah. you know? <laughs> that's that's kind Sold of his soul to Ulysses S. Grant. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, the movie, I do have to give it credit for the accuracy for firearms-wise in that a lot of old Westerns, they're like, oh, John Wayne in 1866, mm. he's holding a Winchester, Winchester Model 92, no. which came yeah. out in 1892. Yeah. Right? Like this movie, there was no guns that jumped out of me that I was like, that wasn't around yet. And it's I funny, I was looking at that, that flag and I saw a lot of color on that flag oh, at the beginning yeah. of the flag, sorry, on that map at the beginning yeah, of the yeah. movie. And I'm like, Did all those states, are is that accurate? Like I really How wanted to pause. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I literally watched the it. movie. <laughs> I watched the movie today at about 1030 in yeah. the morning and I was just like, yeah, whatever, it's fine. If it comes up in the Wikipedia draft. South Wales did exist in 1860. I was thinking at the beginning that boat looked real small. Mm. Like he rode that thing across the Pacific. That did not look like yeah, a big... Yeah, uh, the Pacific too. Sure, like, oh my God, the South Pacific. When he, when he show up in a fucking sail barge or yeah. like... Something bigger. Something bigger? And same with uh, when Cora tells her story later. She says, where did she come from? Texacan. No, but her husband took her to Galveston. Oh, that's oh, right. Okay. On the first Where's boat... boat? That, that's that, inland, that right? Goes, no, that's no. that's the Gulf of Mexico into the Atlantic. And the Panama Canal didn't exist until then, 1904. Yeah. So she went around... That's why she's so fucking nuts. Cape Horn, around the south <laughs> of... She's sailing around the Horn! Yeah. yeah. She, she was went, a character in the terror, I yeah. think, actually. But, but yeah, she went around Shit. the southern tip of South America. Yeah, up, yeah down and which around. Which is the most then, dangerous waters. So she had a harrowing... That had taken six months just to get there. That's like, why she got crazy. Well, guys, it's the kind of trip that no one would just take. Yeah. Like to even even plan out such a journey. Well, and I mean, again, right. the, the being a crazy guy, like I was looking online to see if I could find like, is that a route boats mm. took? That's how interested mm. I am in this movie. I'm like, did <laughs> did a boat actually take that? Because that doesn't make sense. No. Like if you were doing that, you'd go to Panama and walk across the land I and take another imagine, boat or like, something. Like yeah. what the conditions would be. Like I do even even that map scene. I appreciate that they don't yeah. just like when he's drawing the line with yeah. his finger he doesn't stop on Australia he actually goes around the southern coast to yeah. get to where he's, so he's going. going well I know yeah. that's like, like oh, western good. Australia that's I was good. like oh my god yeah. why would you go why wouldn't you go eastern and so, I don't know that's where the it's, money was I guess so the, the rich guy with the ad yeah. was coming out well it's probably closer that's where yeah. the ranch is closest I, to right but I love the idea that there's the like some Frenchman or somebody who came slightly later than him and is going to show up after this is all done and just be like, ah, oh, shit. Well, that's what I, I was missed wondering. my opportunity. <laughs> well, that's what I was wondering. I would have shot all those people. <laughs> is he put out all these flyers. Was it only in the budget to hire one guy? 
Why wouldn't you say, okay, well, we need eight guys here by Christmas. Right. And let's have a team. No, he wanted one guy who was the best in the world because he had to shoot a bunch of people without shoes in one of the flattest (laughs) places in the world. (laughs) In red sand. What? What? Like, you know, he's clearly got good money. He's got a huge place. A bunch of guys working for him. He pays him 50 pounds in gold. He's got a a British major in his pocket. I counted in that scene where he's shooting and there's at least 25 people behind him. At least. Like, surely to God, he could like reach out to gunsmiths around the world at the time the best ones were in Italy and the UK. And been like, hey, I yeah. need something that can shoot far. Mm-hmm. What can you send me? And He's I have too much money and no sense. He's clearly yeah. capable with a firearm. Like shooting a handgun is actually a lot harder than shooting exactly. a rifle. Exactly. A lot of people don't realize that. No. But when you see in movies where someone misses a shot at like 10 yards, that's entirely possible. And that's, like, I appreciate the movie actually yeah. pointing that out to some degree. Of course, yeah. with that bit of, uh, it's a bit yeah. of a joke, but him being like I don't never had a use I love that for again also sounds ex government guy like I don't have a use for one but I know (laughs) how to use it right again also something a old fucked up soldier would say Um, what is so the shot is probably the most egregious thing yeah is what you'd say what was the smallest detail that you were impressed about what was the thing where you're just like there's no need to do that Mm -hmm. but they clearly wanted to like get their shit right well, one, I like that they had a real cartridge, mm. right? That it was a 45 110. That's a thing that's real, mm. that exists, all of that. And, you know, having, explaining things like the extra four inches of barrel length, yeah. right? That means something in that black powder is technically an explosive, yeah. right? Modern gunpowder is, they call it an accelerant. So it burns really fast, creates a bunch of gas, creates pressure. That's what launches mm-hmm. like a nine yeah. millimeter bullet or the a black 30 powder, yeah. Whereas black powder, for a it's an explosion time. that throws it out like a cannon. Yeah. So having that extra barrel length, some guys say it gives you a little more velocity. It helps burn that powder more effectively and it gives you a longer sight radius. So your distance between your mm. rear and front sight. So that extra four inches sounds really cool, but it's a real thing. Yeah. And having that rear vernier sight where he's cranking it up and oh, it, the sight's marked up to whatever distance, but I can shoot a little bit further. Like whoever wrote the lines for him for that, like the writer clearly yeah. did a little bit of research or had a buddy that was into it. Cause I remember watching the movie thinking like, he only brought what 30 rounds of them on his belt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, and it's his bandolier. Yeah. Like, I yeah. was like, that's all you brought him. Like, well, maybe he's got more in the wagon. But then when he gets his horse back, yeah, he's going to make his get, reload. Gets or, his rigs. He's like, yeah, Oh, rig. they have my, my stuff. So I can't make reloads. Reload. Like, okay. So he brought components to put, and then to all you gotta do is maybe find some lead, which isn't hard to find. Yeah. Oh, like, okay. Yeah. Question for which you. Which again makes sense. Yeah. You're traveling that far. Yeah. Travel a little lighter. Question for you. When he, when he splits from, Cora mm-hmm. near the beginning of the third act of the film ends up in that town. Yeah. Tukabera, whatever fucking yeah, yeah. whatever they use names for yeah, in yeah. that the country. The German guys. <laughs> yeah. 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 He says he can make his yes. ammo for him. Yeah. Will it take whatever fucking time yeah. it took? Would it take him that long to make it? Is that a realistic time frame? Well, how to make his ammo? Yeah, I don't remember exactly. It took it, t- it was like a it was like a, a day's ride. It could day and a night. Yeah, so they're having a conversation well, where he's like, Oh, this will take a lot of time to replicate because yeah. it's a unique caliber. And then he's like, Oh, you can modify it using yeah. X or so, whatever. The way it works, like it's a 45 110 is the caliber. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The way that denotes is it's a 45 caliber bullet. So that's mm-hmm. the diameter of the bullet is 0.45 of an inch. And then it holds 110 grains of black powder mm-hmm. is the length of the cartridge. So when you hear someone say like a 30-30, yeah. it's a 30, 30 caliber, caliber bullet that has 30 grains of black powder. Now they've switched the powders out, but it's the same cartridge yeah. to accommodate that. So he's trying to find, because he think, I think he said it had a 500 grain bullet, bullet. On or yep. something yeah which is interesting too that they mentioned the weight of the bullet mm. and later in the movie he says oh you can use a number two 
whatever mold Mm -hmm. Mold. i googled it oh yeah that's a 45 caliber mold so it's the right size but it's lighter it's a 450 i love that yeah so now he's changing so now it's gonna be shooting a little different but if he's the kind of guy that's got a lot of experience with that rifle apparently he's got shot in the fucking world how to change it a little bit and then to reload like, ammunition back then was a little bit more comp. Like now you can do them one at a time in a press. You get a yeah. progressive press where it just keeps spitting them out. So it would have taken a while to make them some ammo. A right. day, like a day or two, like a, a full day of work. Because there's some it. literal yeah. machining being done. To Not this. necessarily. Yeah. Like if he's got the mold, he's got to do like smelting almost. Uh, where he's got to melt lead into the mold right. and then crack and then they got to cool. And then you got a beautiful uh, Josh. You've been taking notes. Through. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good. We're learning today. Good. Yeah. But because no, I haven't was, been taking notes. Yeah. You're my note taker. Because like, I was like, he got there. Yeah. He got there when he left Cora. Got to the town to meet yeah. the guy at night yeah. when those crook when the those awful Irishmen are coming. Those yeah. Awful <laughs> Irishmen. Yeah, thank you for whispering. We appreciate it. He's like, I can get it done for you by the time you get back. Yeah, of course, he's gonna do it while he's crying because his wife just got gunned the fuck down. So yeah, yeah. Like, thanks, buddy. Here's your bullets. Right? <laughs> yeah. But, so if well, you have all the components there, it's not unfeasible to have it done in a day okay, or two. If he didn't have the components, but he had, like, the molds. Okay, so it's going to take an extra day to cast all the lead. Your, your biggest issue would be components. Like, does he have black powder on hand? Does he have primers on primers hand? Because that, yeah. that is a new technology, cartridge ammunition. Yeah, so the, might chances not have them, yeah the chances of them having that in a little podunk town yeah. in Australia... I was like, oh, yeah, that's so, going to be a fucking couple months, dude. <laughs> there's kind of this rule in the firearms industry where you don't trust other people's hand loads. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, some stranger in the Outback's like, here's some bullets I made for you. Like, one of these is going to blow up. Yeah, it's like, yeah. like yeah. you pack your own parachute. You yeah, know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so it's not You set up your own table but, from the rest yeah. of the <laughs> yeah. And then later, like, when they get dumped in the desert and he hits Buddy in the head or in a movie, that's the that's shot great. that a lot of guys argue about too online because it's a moving target mm. at an angle. Yeah. And he's all fucked up and he hit him at like 800 yards. With a shoot knife. He's like, and then yeah. remember he like brushes yeah. his eye that, off. That's another like, really contentious one online and in the farms community because that's hitting a moving target's hard. Laying down yeah. and he was using the other guy that he stabbed yeah, yeah. As, as the prop and then yeah. shot, shot him and killed him. Yeah. The second trigger, is that to indicate that he can fire instantaneously, like another shot? It, it another softens shot? the trigger. So okay. um, he, he mentioned a dual set trigger. Again, yeah. they, they really did a lot of effort to make this gun real. real. It is real yeah. good, mm-hmm. but they really laid out a lot of the information on it, which is weird. It's like that terminal list where they give yeah. way more information about more the guns. More than they ever and, needed. Yeah. The only people that like that are people that love guns. guns. Like it's a weird <laughs> niche market, ha- which Tom out. Selleck does. Yeah. Well, <laughs> That's it, true. And it's the kind of information that, would make so much more sense in a novel or become more yeah, common, yeah, right? Because exactly. you, you want to give people this kind of more yeah. mechanical understanding of this guy because, yeah. you know, as a pilot would fly a plane, yeah. he he shoot fires a gun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I, so it's just funny seeing it in a movie. It does make me wonder, I feel like this probably happened one of two ways. The guy who developed the, the screenplay either was like, already into that specific yeah, yeah. gun had to have been or like did the old techno babble thing to some degree just, and was yeah, just like did, put gun in here and then eventually found <laughs> somebody way too much just yeah. info dumped well yeah, there's yeah. there's a but, story behind the screenplay because yeah. the guy wrote the screenplay for steve mcqueen studios yeah, would great. option the script buy yeah. the script make him do a rewrite for the next 15 fucking 15, years th- yeah, yeah <laughs> so, 16 17 years so, he he loved it though it, it, wikipedia is funny because there's a part where it's basically where it implies that he was somewhat upset that they finally made the movie because yeah. he kept getting paid oh, yeah. to like <laughs> relicense the movie and rework the script yeah. like, I don't so to answer your question and then we can kind of put the gun thing to bed because we you can have a podcast well we can about, you obviously can oh, yeah, it's I, never I, gonna I can happen make the podcast about guns right because it's just a thing i'm into but the the dual triggers the one of the things that helps add accuracy to a gun is a soft trigger pull 
So if you have to put, say, five pounds of pull on a trigger, mm. as you're pulling that trigger, you can kind of torque and twist the gun right. or flinch sometimes. Yeah. Some guys will develop a bit of a flinch. Right. And that'll cause you to lose axis. So you have those two triggers where if you pull the rear trigger, it makes the front trigger like ounces, like you touch it uh, and it goes off. Like a and the idea being, basketball release you can be, kind of thing. Yeah, right? you can oh. be way more steady. So it compensates for for yeah. a certain amount. It kind of just allows you to be more accurate, so you don't right. twist the. It's gun like something to hold on to before you actually. <laughs> yeah. So hammer down the trigger. I've got an old uh, German gun that has that. It's, it's really it's a nice feature, yeah, but it's very <laughs> yeah. rare now because it's expensive to make. Right. Like it's just technologies come you don't need it anymore. I told you we're gonna learn something today. I'm not going to remember any of this. It won't be on the test. It's not. Uh, I'll be listening to this again, and it'll all just be like white noise (laughs) when I'm editing. If you guys want to do American Graffiti and bring like Ryer on here and learn about cars for two hours, it's the same thing. It's it's fascinating. Don't bother remembering it, because it'll be fun next time you hear it, too. So he turns down the job, gets left out, shoots Buddy from a million yards away, stabs that other guy who comes to steal the gold off of him. Smart play, by the way, when you're that beat up and probably dehydrated and... They like, didn't say it, but I know he soiled himself. And, yeah. <laughs> they got rode two days into the desert. Yeah, they're they went to the bathroom. Well, because part of that is they don't want to kill them. Yeah. Because they don't want evidence that they were yeah. murdered. Yeah. So he can't go and just shoot them from a distance and then go get the thing. He's got to go in and pull it off them. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, this movie does all those cool cowboy things that all those uh, ridiculous Italians thought were so cool and with the spaghetti westerns yeah, we got. Yeah, yeah. So they would take these concepts and somehow make them gross. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this movie makes them just like, oh, it's so clever. What a clever thing <laughs> yeah. he well, that boot knife is a dirty trick, which tells great. you a lot about him and his I history. Do, tells do. you what kind of guy he is that he's got a knife in his boot and he's ready to go. Any moment. I you never you know. Were say and that. at no point is he like, man, I just killed two people. Like, there was no point did he look inward Anybody about the people he's killed. Who kill takes first, a boat the across the Pacific and wears spurs the whole way. It's true. Or did he just put them on in anticipation? He's like, well, I'm going to get on a horse. It's going to be great. In fairness, he was shocked that they weren't riding horses. So maybe yeah. he thought, like, they'll meet me here with horses. I'll jump on and we'll go. You were right the first time Tyson. It was a fashion Frankly, I think so. I, I know we're going back. That's now, where but my money is. Just a fashion statement. Thinking about now that scene where he where he hits the like the trapper or whatever. Yeah, can't call the trapper because he got the stupid hat yeah, and the accent. He didn't need to do that. No, that was for him. My <laughs> thought was like comic foil. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, this guy's clearly got a ridiculous hat. He's coming back. No, nope. no. <laughs> I'm just raised Catholic. I'm tuned in to see people in funny hats and th- mm. places of authority. This guy matters. He'll be back later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but uh, God, like, because I, I feel like that's one of the things this movie's missing. Because once you get past that dedication to like the mechanical yeah. nature of things, there's not a lot of people in this movie. No, no. no there's a lot of people in the cast. background yeah. of this movie. Just a bunch of goons, Aborigines. It's, <laughs> it's really both four people. Main yeah. characters right now. I do. Got gotta say i like what they did do with the the man servant guy like oh, yeah. i thought the use of that character made a lot of sense and his yeah. ending felt really good yes. actually again another person uh, who actually had a bit of an arc yeah that, the thing. that's sort of that first one what are they like stockholm syndrome because yeah. he's yeah. the one that knocks him out with or, it, and again, yeah. even if he succeeds he's probably dead yeah you know if they think he helps kill somebody yeah you know yeah. Get, or or he goes back someplace an entire tribe gets wiped out because somebody killed one guy yeah, three yeah. weeks ago kind of yeah. thing We've got Cora. We've got um, uh, Mr. Monsieur Quigley. Um, Matthew, as he is kind enough to tell us over and over, so I actually remember his name. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, Cora reveals that she comes from Texas. When her home was attacked by Comanches, she hid in the root cellar and accidentally suffocated her child while trying to prevent him from crying. Her husband had then put her uh, alone on a ship to Australia. Now Cora consistently calls Quigley by her husband's name, Roy, much to his annoyance. 
Oh, and it's delightful. And again, <laughs> even after it's like clearly a sign of like some terrible shit, it's still played for giggles. giggles. Like, oh, bit, yeah, they try to wrong. sneak a last laugh in there. That also glosses over the fact that they were just rescued. Yeah. By like yeah. the average people just literally saved their lives, yeah. fed them. He, yeah. they're, they're trading like crafting techniques. Yeah. He's making them friendship bracelets. It's great. It's at least two weeks because they, they recuperate. Yeah. They teach each other things. They Everybody's all healed up. Yeah. yeah. Like how long would it take for a black eye to heal? They at he some point took a shower because they were so clean yeah. by the end of the scene. Yeah. Uh, the, the tribe that found them gets them all fixed up and then just leaves unceremoniously. Yeah. Like they wake up and they see him going away and he's like, oh, they just leave real quiet. Like, don't yeah. they? And they're just like, <laughs> just making sure they didn't die. Like, all right, have a good day. And there's a weird part too. I think they were like maybe watching them from a distance too, yeah. like struggling in the desert because when, when they finally get rescued by their abdomen, he's like, they let me keep my rifle for some reason. Yeah. And like oh, everyone with a rifle is trying to kill him. She's like, well, you're not. They don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. they must. I, that's what I'm thinking yeah. is they kind of probably, probably tracked him for a few days I, and were like, yeah, I think no, there's they're... more conversations coming out of that yeah. ranch. Yeah. You know, I think the Aboriginal population on that ranch has more contact to the outside than we yeah. might have realized. Yeah, maybe the land itself out at night being something. so big. There's probably people working on the ranch in some facility because they're living on his property functionally, right? And yeah. just quiet, quickly and quietly getting the word out. That real classic trope where they give them the bugs to eat, right? You see yeah. that in Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah, Temple yeah, of this Doom. Is, this is more than these people eat in a week. Yeah, no, that's a real thing. That those are grubs mm-hmm. that they yeah. eat in Australia. That's totally legit. They're called what was it? Yeah, they don't because they don't they're, treat they're it they're like called a cartoon. grubs. Yeah. They don't treat it like they do in Indiana Jones, yeah. you know, where it's like, yeah, this is fucking hilarious. It's a monkey brain. Yeah. But yeah, first time I saw, like, I, I never thought about it as a kid. It's like, yeah, whatever. They eat weird shit. Like, yeah. that's normal. Yeah. And then watching it now, I was like, that's got to be like a movie a trope. thing. Like yeah. a trope. Like a cheese. I looked up, no, no, that's legit. That's, that's the thing they eat. And uh, so they get helped. And then that takes us to our next paragraph. When Marston's men attack the Aborigines who helped them, Quigley kills three, escaping on a single horse. They encounter more of the men driving Aborigines off a cliff. Quigley drives them off with his deadly shooting, and Cora rescues an orphaned baby she finds among the dead. Leaving Cora and the infant in the desert with food and water, Quigley rides alone to a nearby town. There he obtains new ammunition from a local German gunsmith who hates Marston for his murdering ways. Quigley learns... um, as well, that he has become a legendary hero among the Aborigines. Oh, right. So when he... <laughs> the white ape has survived. <laughs> yeah. The great white savior trope. I mean, uh, so... But at, when he gets his horse back... He's pretty tall. One, it's greasy that someone else is using his saddle. Right? Like, you don't yeah. have your own stuff. That's dirty. But, but the guy that he gets the information from for town... Remember, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the guy's yeah. laying there with a broken back, and he's like, you got to kill me, man. I can't survive. And he's like, not torturing him, but like really Lated. working some leverage, which, fair enough. You're yeah, in the middle yeah. of nowhere. You need all... But he gives him the is handgun. going to be the ants yeah. or the dingoes yeah. going to get you yeah. first. So he gives him the handgun. He's like, you got one shot. Make the make best of it. Yeah. So now this guy has to kill himself, which back then, everybody's super religious. <laughs> you, you go to hell for that. Quickly. This is like, remember John Wayne in The Searchers when he flips the guy's body over and shoots out the eyes? He's like, now we can't go, go to the afterlife. Like, dude, how petty are you? Quigley's bloodlust. He's out. Blood he's out to get these the, fucking guys. The one time he refuses to kill somebody yeah. is the one time the guy's fate is theoretically worse. Well, technically, yeah, there was another hands. time he yeah. refused to kill people. There was just that one other time. Yeah, well, but he, yeah, yeah, that's true. That that's one other time, twice in this movie. 
He gets off at torturing the, that dude. Yeah, you to, know, just to get to find the way to town, Southwest. Based, based well, just so we have a scene with. The... I think the other reason he refused the job is he figured this would be more fun. Oh sure. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So <laughs> he, he was really just is like, this will take up more of my time. A better fight. You oh. mentioned you mentioned John Wayne and the Searchers. Okay, uh, a that guy is a complete fucking lunatic oh, in that yeah, goddamn yeah, yeah, movie. Yeah. He's insane, yeah, yeah. and maybe quickly is the same. But anyway, so Good yeah, Lord. he gets to town and finds a gunsmith that can replicate his ammo, ammo for him, yeah. which is good. And then he bumps into the guys, and again, another interesting technical detail. <laughs> when the kid's bringing up the horse, yeah. and the guys spot it, and they recognize it as his mount, you think, oh, it's a saddle. Yeah. Everyone's got, no, no, American saddles are different than Australian, Australian saddles. Awesome. It's yeah. a different it seating position. The legs are lower mm-hmm. on an American saddle. Whereas an Australian one, it's more like sitting your feet are a little higher up, your knees are bent more. Right. So guys would have recognized that as unusual. And I was like, you got to be shitting me. Even in the dark? In the dark. There's no electricity out there. Yeah. (laughs) It is. Well, you see how he's sitting. Yeah, well, no, silhouette. because it was just no. It the kid brings the, it out. Yeah. Oh, that's was, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No it yeah. was kind of down an alleyway. There was some lanterns. But, I mean, they had to have Fucking, something happen for uh-huh. them to tip them off. Yeah. So that's what they went with. But it is It'll just an interesting it. little note, right? That yeah. it was maybe they recognized the horse, but just wagging the, the technical yeah. dick there a bit too, yeah. right? Like, just, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. We'll I, go with that. I research movies a little too much, right? No, 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 no. This is your fault. They're encouraging this. They're the ones wagging the dick. You're just coming to the dick call. You know. That's what this podcast is for. Yeah. <laughs> is that what the podcast yes. is? Yes. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, I do. It's kind of a cool scene, the fight in that town. Um, I yeah. like the close quarters nature of it, especially compared to the bigger one yeah. at the ending, which is yeah. less interesting it to me. It shows he can hold his own in tight situations, yeah. too. And it shows how uh, Quigley lives by his wits. Yeah. He's constantly yeah. one yeah. step ahead of these. Uh, yeah, it shows these... he's kind of multidimensional, right? Yeah. He can think his way through. Also, one technical thing that bothered me is when he dropped that clay pot on mm-hmm. the guy's head from the roof. <laughs> Later, that dude gets up. No. 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 That motherfucker's dead. dead. Yeah, yeah, that, if there's that... anything left of that skull, it's cracked. Like, it. and that's for, for part of a chimney, which is supposed to be fucking last forever. No, no, no. Yeah. By, by movie rules, if you get hit on top of the head, you just wake up later. Did Maybe show you have a headache. Maybe not yeah. necessarily. It did show he was bleeding yeah. profusely. Oh yeah, from like the head. that dude needed a medical <laughs> immediately. <laughs> I, like, also during this uh, fight scene in town, it kind of bothered me that there was always a convenient escape. Like worse. there was the there was the ceiling, the the skylight that he was able to get yeah. through, and then he got through. I like that they had the little comedy where he falls to the roof. Yeah, and then he jumps it. behind the boat and just coincidentally. There's a little drainage sewer, yeah. sewer that, like, I'm sure that's nice and clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he comes totally out fine. there fucking clean. Are yeah. you kidding me? That's full no, of Australian nobody, shit. <laughs> nobody wants to talk about how many snakes and spiders are in oh. Australia. You, yeah, we don't see a single snake or spider. Go to Australia it's a movie. and climb through a culvert at night. You're Let t- me know how that t- works t- out for you. <laughs> even then, even movie them, time. Uh, right, Those, before, right before the uh, Aborigines found them in the yeah. desert. You're telling me no fucking tarantulas crawled up his ass by this point? And no dingoes came for you then? Yeah, ants. You're on death's doorstep. And the dingoes are nowhere to be found. They're eating you. But when he goes to town later, the dingoes are like, let's roll. Yeah. Like, much like the ships in Star Trek, the dingoes move at the speed of plot. When they need <laughs> dingoes yeah. to threaten somebody, yeah. they're right there. Oh, totally. Otherwise, they're nowhere that, to be found. That's my biggest gripe with this movie is that some of it's sure. a little bit convenient. Which that yeah, way. makes yeah. it just stick out more because they spend yeah. so much effort well, making it. other parts <laughs> of it like, matter. Now I'm at the point where I want to like you know, research Australian architecture. Like, would there have been skylights back mm-hmm. then? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's basically the level encouraging of... you. Yeah. It's like Dark Souls lore, but you're doing it to yeah. fucking a cowboy movie from yeah. 1990. Now it's not I'm a movie night, it's homework. Exactly. <laughs> I gotta write a dissertation about it. God. And uh, we talking about we're all college dropouts here. Sure. 
Yeah, I'm finished. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> so I'm the only college dropout. Sorry. I did go to a two-year school afterwards. Right on. I dropped out, but then I went back and I finished. <laughs> it took me four years. I have a degree and a trade certificate, and I use neither of them. Uh, there you go. We talked a little bit about this paragraph, but the second half, yeah. it's all new stuff for us. Mm-hmm. Marston's men are also in town and recognize Quigley's saddle. When they attack, cornering him in a burning building, he escapes through a skylight and kills all but one of them. The injured survivor is sent back to say Quigley will be following, but first, Quigley returns to Cora and the baby, which she has just saved from attack by dingoes. She had tried to stop that child from crying too, but finally um, let him make as much noise as he liked as she killed the animals using a revolver that Quigley had left for her. Back in town, Cora gives the baby to Aborigine trading, uh, trading there after Quigley tells her that she, Cora, has a right to happiness. Um, so that's some stuff that happens there. Yeah. Thank you for validating now, that quickly. The, <laughs> well, it was a nice moment. Yeah, yeah, so him softening, but also it was, uh, she gets to not kill a child. That's her whole thing. Well, it was, it was a bit of a character moment yeah. for her to show that like, she doesn't have to repeat the problem mm-hmm. or like, mm-hmm. you know, she had, the, I don't, I'm not she a can overcome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She overcame breaks, it. Yeah, breaks right? the cycle. Like that whole part of the movie always freaks me out. I don't know why. I think as a kid, it scared me a little. Even There's now, a like, lot of dogs. And like watching it now, I like get a little anxious. I got bit in the ass by a Rottweiler a couple of years ago. And, oh, like, there you go. I'm it's still, hard to like, shake that. Eh? I'm still a little yeah. Like I love Rottweilers, man. Yeah. I will cuddle that dog. No question. But like, mm-hmm. it's like it, when you watch a horror movie as a kid, you watch it as an adult, you're like, it's still scary. Yeah. Like, yeah. Is still it? run up the stairs at night. No, I know. I feel Tyson. I got bit summer, June of 2021. In Calder, right by Grand Trunk. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of harrowing for me. Yeah. <laughs> Down <laughs> in unlocked backyard pit bull court. Yeah. <laughs> it, hold Abraham. Not a good time. Good <laughs> uh, I found, uh, kind of going back a little bit. Go for it. Uh, the Aborigines getting tossed on the fucking cliff. It was awful. Yeah. Also, real stunting. <laughs> really, eh? <laughs> like, yeah. those are real fucking I guess, stuff. Hey? No oh, dummies. really? Those are real dudes jumping off and landing on uh, air cushions. <laughs> this cave is oh, yeah. the <laughs> stupidest fucking cave. And, it's a set. And when he gets back to the cave and there's that, because she wounds a dingo and they all attack it, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, it looks like the thing or something where it's <laughs> yeah. like, they took some hide, turned it inside out, and like... like I've seen animals that are left after, you know, coyotes and stuff have gotten to it. It's not that. It's like no. some it's bones torn. scattered, yeah. Yeah. maybe it's, a patch It's of like it's fur. obliterated. Yeah. It's pulled, pulled apart yeah. or not touched. Yeah, it's they're not, not leaving those nice juicy bits no, there. Those were trained dingoes, and they were playing, really? according to the trivia. I like, yeah, the I, trivia was very <laughs> direct. Like, hey, none of these animals yeah. got hurt. Well, okay. Yeah, they were real open with that at the end, too. Yeah, yeah the, the card. The card at the, right at the end. But I, I got to wonder, too, because you brought it up, the stunts in this movie, because there was some other stuff, too, like at the very beginning mm-hmm. with the shooting of the bucket. When yeah. he grabs the bucket off the horse, that's a real, yeah. that's, that's an impressive trick yeah, to mm-hmm. see people do. Like, that's mm-hmm. trick riding. Yeah. And, you know, there's a bunch of guys getting knocked off a horse and stuff. To fall off a horse and not die is an impressive Self, skill. Yeah. So I wonder, like, how much effort went into these stunts and how much were, I guess it all had to be real stunts. They didn't really do CGI mm-hmm. back no. then. Mm-hmm. Just the stunt work on this, yeah. I think, goes maybe a little underappreciated. Also, it's real stunting. They had to give a nod to the overdramatic Western deaths. Remember when he was shooting, when they were chasing everyone off the cliff? Yeah. And there's that guy up close, and he shoots him, and he's both arms straight yeah. up and yeah. out, both legs <laughs> backwards up. Just the most dramatic. Like, it, it could you know have been more classic is? if it was on a saloon room. That's <laughs> the, the note from the directors make sure we can see you. Yeah. Okay. I want to see those yeah. arms in the air. Yeah. And so he just makes a big X, just, and he's like, You got me? Good. Real, like, there's, real there's dudes. a lot of weird comedy inserts into this movie and that's on the boom, list boom, in boom, my boom, mind, boom. Right? it's just <laughs> movie about goes, genocide ah! da, 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 da. Like, real studs real dudes falling off cliffs dying off cliffs 
fake horses falling off cliffs. Yeah. Maybe that's why they're so in your face about it. Because like, we know a bunch of people got I'm, maimed on I'm this, but no animals. I'm a lot more comfortable having people jump off of cliffs than horses than horse being pushed off. off. Yeah. Like, you can have a conversation with a person being like, try and land on the pad. And, you know, it's like in the old days, you used to do like horse diving where they'd like dive off a diving board into yep. a pool at like wild, uh, Buffalo Bill's Wild West show. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, that horse didn't know what was going on. We also forgot that we mentioned earlier, but the gunsmith that's helping him out, yeah. his wife gets murdered and the streets gunned down in the streets in a drive-by and so that you don't see yeah it happens off camera yeah he's like but i'll be back in a couple days for that ammo wife gets gunned down like but he doesn't have time to grieve he's got to go fill an order (laughs) and like luckily he knows it's to kill marston because he hates marston already like so buddy's like rage loading for him he did he did take the time for him and his son to wear a black band around their arms to signify the death of his poor hilarious like a wrestler that died in the ring or something Not a bad thing, but it's like, I, I guess the idea is like if a man had died, the wife would be wearing a, a veil, right? Yeah, but yeah. like, well, how would maybe. Was that a movie thing? Was that a tradition? That's thing? a tradition. Did you Google that one? Because no, I did. That's no, a tradition. It's an old, yeah, religious tradition to wear that yeah. commemorating. You can't wear all dead. black in Australia because it's just too hot. <laughs> they just do that. They were doing that in fucking. There's a part in like Godfather where Frankie Five Angels, Godfather Part Two, and he's like yeah. pointing to his arm when Clemenza, yeah. signifying that Clemenza died, and he points to his black armband. Uh-huh. It's, yeah, it's to commemorate the honor dead we learned cool. so much from josh who learned so much from movies i love it i, I get I all my it. information from movies it's, it shows, it shows. Yeah, it's, it's probably fine <laughs> i've never been proven wrong because <laughs> you spend all your time talking to me Honest <laughs> about, like half of the time we spend podcasting anything because yeah. we do the wrestling show as well yeah, will distracted. be me being very sure about a thing yeah. and josh being like no that's not what happened i'm like yeah it was yeah. we have to pause the podcast i have arguing. to look it out and he's right every time yeah. he's right literally every time oh. i still do it i still do it. the only person i really hurt is myself because yeah. i then have to edit that <laughs> part out later worse than a know-it-all is a know-it-all who's always fucking always right. yeah. yeah it's I just my like, curse i've been telling this for years you think I, i'm like I'm statistically when I'm wrong. it's gotta happen <laughs> like statistically i like it when point. i'm wrong it's everybody else who's fucked <laughs> it's my curse hard life i know Next morning, Mm -hmm. Quigley rides away to confront Marston at his station. At first, he shoots the defenders from his location in the hills, but is eventually shot in the leg and captured by Marston's last two men. Marston, who has noticed that Quigley only ever carries a rifle, decides to give him a lesson in the quick-draw style of gunfighting. However, Marston and his men are beaten to the draw by Quigley as Marston lies dying. Quigley refers to an earlier conversation, telling him, I said I never had much use for one revolver. I don't know why I'm doing that voice. I love it. <laughs> that's never not said I didn't know how to use it. I'm here for it. <laughs> that's Tom Selleck, right? That's, so, that's my Tom Selleck voice. <laughs> I hate you right now. <laughs> so again, you got to give him credit because he sets up several booby traps, right? And like, yeah, a couple impressive things here. He sets up all these booby traps without anyone seeing it. Yes, that's the you know craziest I mean? part. Like again, you're in the fucking outback. Around, he's like, tying stuff off. Right, he's ready. And he kills a guy by avalanche. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, <laughs> like, how do you set that up with nobody at the ranch being like, "Hey, what's that yeah, moving over at there?" At least at home alone, he's home alone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he no sets up all those things yeah, yeah. indoors. It's like, <laughs> curtains drawn. He's out in the fucking right? outback. There is a little bit of Macaulay Culkin to these things too. Actually, like a this little always Rube happens Goldberg with fucking kind of traps and movies, yeah. right? Because they set it up like these unmissable things that no one would ever like, and they almost always all work. Did any of his things not kill a guy? 
or like not work. Well, I think he, everything he, he did ended up worked. having to improvise a little bit because yeah. he shot that role. That's yeah. true. So it actually worked twice. I yeah, guess. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He made extra use of it. But did he just... improvise or did he just know yeah, that he well, always had thing, that option? Right? He's so good. He gets waylaid by. Uh, he wasn't all that smart because he gets waylaid. Remember, Marston's like he's no fucking trick pony. He's like, yeah. we're gonna do something he doesn't suspect, and they do the old. I don't want to call it the reach around. But <laughs> you just <laughs> did. With Ben Mendelsohn, the only. He's not the only Australian in the movie, yeah. but the only one, one that the few. <laughs> one, one of the of a few, few yeah. pretending yeah. to be Irish. I might. Add. Yeah. They get him to That's come funny. around and fucking uh, as soon as soon as he gets shot, quickly gets shot in the leg, fucking bust him in the head, and then bring him back to the ranch. Okay, so when they drag him into the station, yeah, behind the horse, there's no way you didn't dislocate shoulders. Oh. I'm like, you'd be in such bad shape after that. He like stands mm. up after like you would. You're stand. technically bleeding to death. Yeah, like there'd be you'd have such like road rash because yeah, like. Yeah. Unless they walked him down and then like a hundred yards, they're like, okay, we'll put a show on for the boss. Let's tie you up and dr-. like, yeah, yeah. if they drug him from where they got him, oh yeah, yeah. like he's gonna have no clothing left on. Yeah, him. I was gonna say, frankly, it's, his it, shirt is gonna, impressive. Like, Everything's yeah. gonna shred off. He's gonna start losing skin. Like he's gonna look like a motorcycle accident. Anyway, so this movie, being one of my favorite movies, has my favorite ending, which is he sets him up for the quick draw, right? Because yeah. at first the plan is he's gonna put the rifle in front of him, and then he's no, no. Throw it away. Yeah. You, tell, you can tell he's flustered. He didn't have a plan. He didn't think he'd get this far. Of course. Right? Of course. So then they... will yeah, just wig it. Yeah, they, they stuck that pistol in his pants. And they, they, it's my favorite because if you watch, he shoots Marston last. Yeah. yeah. Right? He, gets three, he gets three shots before any of them even fucking draw yeah, their guns. Yeah, barely kills leather. Ben Mendelsohn, the other guy, yeah. and then Marston. Yeah. It makes you wonder, though, like... Everything he's good at is violence. Sadly. Yes. Like, you don't, you don't see him like, oh, I'm also a really good poet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, I tamed this wild horse for you, my dear. Like, it's all just violent stuff that he's really good. Is he autistic? And this is his yeah. hyperfixation. His hyperfocus <laughs> yeah. is violence. Yeah. He just, he's murder. read every, like, weird survivalist manual, all Whoa, the trapping stuff. Did. And now he's like, now's my chance, man. He's living in a bunker in <laughs> Which, Wyoming. Frankly, is another like, connection to... My- uh, blowout, which yeah. we were talking about earlier. Recluse guy, just a guy who gets yeah. way too into it. It's like this is all I do now. Yeah, <laughs> That's what I mean. This like is my identity. Like, we'll be back, <laughs> like, back home. Is he the town weirdo? He you know must I mean? be. Like he just took a boat to Australia. Yeah, he must like be. everybody in town's like, thank God he's exactly. gone. Like a serial killer. So, like but all so the gone. neighbors like don't like him. Like you know, it's <laughs> kind of guy that just holds a door open for too long. Like yeah, you're way he, fucking far yeah, away. Now you got an app run. This asshole wants to be helpful. Yeah, yeah. Going back to the dinner scene yeah. with Marston, he's like, you were in Dodge City? He's like, yeah, I had a good sleep there. Yeah, no, this, it's a good place to get some rest. Yeah, a good place to get my, some rest. My brother always jokes with me about that because I've done so much traveling. Yeah. So he'd be like, you've actually been to Kathmandu? And I'm like, yeah, it's a good place, place to get some get sleep. sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. It's like, oh, well, what did he do in dude. Dodge City? Well, that's it, right? He partied with Wild Bill and yeah, uh, probably killed people. Probably that's my killed, guess. Yeah, yeah, just based on you know what we've seen of him, he probably got in some fights that he didn't need to be a part of. His Sounds hi- like a much more interesting movie might have happened in Dodge City. His hyper focus might be violence. That's, that's there's no disputing that. Like he's but, a hero, but he's not a good guy. He's not a good guy, but he wears a white hat. That's true. It's very misleading. And he buys crazy Cora blue dress. Well, Can't be complete asshole. It's a nice dress. Let's... Was that dress for her or for him? If you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know what he, you mean. Well, He's he going to wear it when she's sleeping. What do you think he means? <laughs> he did say it looked good on him, but what I mean is, oh. I don't, I don't want to be traveling with an ugly girl. Tired of looking at you no, wearing she that. she wanted a dress. I know. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, if you're in town, uh, get me something red. I, I do like <laughs> I'd be, the effort. I'd be a dork. <laughs> I do like the effort to fi- try to find some 
angle on this guy other than just being the most white hat white hat that ever existed oh no you like we could do another podcast where he's the villain there's a like imagine you hire a contractor to come by and instead of refusing the job he starts a war and kills 20 people all we really know about matthew quigley is he's good with guns and he's from america Mm -hmm. that's it he might have a wife and kids at home bitch and mustache right you know what i mean like we we know nothing about this guy but we're you know, I've talked an hour about like, well, he might yeah. be a civil war vet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He might yeah. be the neighborhood weirdo. He might be a serial killer. Like, yeah. and that's the whole point is that if- they, I do love that too. <laughs> now that's <laughs> the movie. Right. That's the tell. Well, that's He's the found thing. a place to put his murder to good use. Quigley yeah. in the silence of the lambs. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Cora. Hello, Cora. Is this Cora? Is this Cora? <laughs> yeah. you know, in a way, it's a credit to like good writing in that you're like, there's got to be more here. What is it? Yeah. Right? And it makes you interested. Uh, if you knew everything about it, you'd be like, this is kind of boring. Okay, let's finish so, this letter on the last We got paragraph. one. Uh, yeah, we just don't want it to end. We had so much oh, ton- sorry. fun. Sorry. Tom Selleck. Oh, no, don't apologize. That is the end, isn't it? Uh, one more paragraph. Oh, sorry. Marston's servant comes out of the house and gives Quigley his rifle back. The servant then walks away from the ranch, stripping off his Western-style clothing as he goes. An army troop now arrives to arrest Quigley until they notice the surrounding hills are lined with aborigines and decide to withdraw. Um, later, Quigley and Cora book a passage back to America in the name of Cora's husband, since Quigley is still wanted. Um, on the wharf, she reminds him that he once told her that she had to say two words before she he could make love to her. Smiling broadly, she calls to him, Matthew Quigley, and the two embrace. Very fucking like 60s, 70s, <laughs> 50s cowboy movie ending. Yeah, yeah. The ending is so like... All the good guys the get what they want, and yeah. there you go. Everybody died. Everybody else that went against that good guy? Perished. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't going to see each other again was the talk that they were having. Like they might never see each other yeah. again. And then she's just there waiting for him. Yeah, found her with that was the other thing is like he was badly injured, mm-hmm. surrounded by Aborigines, who in fairness were probably friendly. Yeah. And the British army trip like what happened there? Was there a standoff or did they just leave? There was a vague standoff, just not really yeah. even that. They basically just left. Yeah. So like I just love the part because they show up and they've got the fucking like writ or the 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 warrant or whatever where he like cuts off the guy reading it it says that we can hang you okay (laughs) so we're gonna do that getting hanged here yeah he's like we'll shoot you swing for no gallows yeah swing for no gallows it was like we could shoot you with an attempt to escape here in an attempted escape and then they just like and again the way they line the hills it's funny it's almost like they used everybody that they had because it's not like any it's not groups of people it's literally a lineup as if they could all hold hands and form a big circle around the property yeah Yeah. but like very specific shot too must have been a bunch of people being like okay same time same time (laughs) yeah what's what's interesting to me is they coordinated that many people to defend him yeah right the aborigines if that many people showed up and just charged that ranch Problem solved. Three months prior. Wasn't that literally the problem? Like, did did he teach them how to fight back? Which is an even better thought. Well, and I love it. Like, throughout the whole, the rest of the movie, you see there's groups of, what they get rescued by what, six, eight people? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 12, Mm -hmm. maybe 20. Yeah. So, a tribe. Yeah. And then there's a different tribe where they, was it a different tribe that they bump into or a different group that when they save the baby? It's right? a like, different, yeah. It's two different groups. So there's 30 people, tops. And suddenly there's hundreds. What, were they avoiding them? They're ghosts. How they only they? exist. Yeah. They're very good at staying out of rifle range. So good, in fact, that you could probably just ignore them, and there never would have been a problem to <laughs> well, begin with. Well, like, what's the thought? I mean, with those kind of numbers, they, they had that hunting party, as they called it, of six people yeah. that Quigley gunned down. Well, if you got 200 guys and suddenly six dudes roll up, it doesn't matter what they yeah. got for firearms. Exactly. Yeah, you're going down. Yeah, you can take them firearms and learn how to use, use them. them. Yeah. Which, yeah. But it would have been nice to see them like, oh, there's a hunting party. Let's show you how it's done. And they maybe 
kill half this hunting party at extreme cost themselves or something where it's some seven samurai bullshit yeah. teach people how to use a gun and defend themselves because he doesn't, so everyone he does, can get involved he learns, i think he learns more about their culture and customs yeah than he does giving back to them he yeah. makes them, them a apart. bracelet or whatever no no no, 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 no teach the woman make a rope yeah, yeah. teach them how to rope it's funny uh, to me if it's a bracelet because he's cross beating well, that, that little piece of leather it's like oh this is great but, yeah. what's, you know what, i appreciate that because there's a lot of movies where they're like oh the people live off the land here but i'm a white guy i'll show you how to do how to actually do how we act actually do it proper you know yeah. like that this episode of star I've trek where kirk goes to that planet that's all native american Yo, oh yeah yeah yeah. it's like teaching them how to do canning and stuff I'm like these people have been here five thousand years and you think they wouldn't have figured advanced that advanced in any yeah. way they like forgot like, that it was even like a they, they they just stayed in this weird like time loop exactly the same for thousands of years fuck off like, <laughs> yeah brings us to the end of the film probably one of the best lines too in the movie uh fucking uh this ain't Dodge City and you're not Wild Bill. And <laughs> fuck it, he knew. And he, like you see that look on his face, it's like I'm fucked. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's yeah. almost as comparative as him falling over, falling out the fucking yeah. Nakatomi Tower. Same look on his face. Same of, look of like, oh, I'm in it now. I'm in it now. Yeah. That's how he just gets cast and rolls. Like, look at me with abject terror. Yeah, yeah. you got it. You're in. You got you're it. our guy. Yeah. So with that being the end of the film, let's quickly. Uh, any last thoughts, Josh? Fucking love it. Man. Uh, Sorry, thumbs- not, we've picked this movie. Uh, uh, tip to tail, uh, barrel to trigger, yeah. and uh, barrel to butt, yeah. and uh, must see on laser disc. <laughs> if you can so it. that's a strong thumbs up from you, I Fuck guess. Yeah, man, love this movie. And I'm assuming same for you. Unfortunately, so there's definitely some errors in the movie, and I think if I watched it now for the first time, I would be a little more critical of it. But I'm noticing some yeah. nostalgia from both yeah, of you. Yeah, yes, having definitely. seen it so many times as a kid and idolizing the character so much. Like it's, you know, it's like watching your dad get a DUI. You're like, man, <laughs> that's not cool. <laughs> you were supposed to be my hero. You know what I mean? Like, what happened to you? Yeah, what happened to you? That's I don't. I don't very remember specific this. story. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Go no, on. That, that's not a story. No. Sure. Sure. <laughs> that never happened. Of course um, not. But yeah, it's just I. I definitely give it a thumbs up. I. I think yeah. it's a fantastic movie. There's definitely room for improvement. And I think if it was made now. Oh, There'd be a lot more. Film. Yeah, you would have to change some things. Yeah. I would change some things if I were the guy writing it. But to clarify, you hadn't seen this movie. No, so I've not seen okay, it. Okay, so in my opinion, your opinion is the one that matters because you're an adult. <laughs> yeah, me too, actually. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, we, have yeah that, we grew up with this movie. We have that in common, right? It's It is a very clearly a, a Western made to a wide audience in 1990. I feel like the problem with the movie for me is it, it, it was just inches away from two different movies. Mm-hmm. Like it could like have been, yeah. I think maybe be a little bit more the family western, yeah, and just commit to that. Is or this a Disney movie, or yeah. is, it? is it fucking yeah. exactly. blood and guts? I, I feel like this is probably an overdeveloped film. Yeah, Again, the screenplay was in production Too many for that people long. Involved, um, and they're yeah. trying to make money. They don't want to make a dark movie because no. then you can't bring the kid. Really, what this movie should have been is either a gritty western about revenge or a western romance. Yeah, yeah. those are the two movies they could have made out of this. I think they had the casting for the romance. Romance, but they decided we want to bring as many people yeah. into this film as possible. You, you gotta and it go led to, to a movie that barely made its money <laughs> yeah. back. Ebert used to like to say when he didn't want to say he didn't like a movie, he's like, uh, what was it? Uh, I, I'm not going to recommend this film. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'll go with that. Instead of a hard thumbs down, I'm really? not going to recommend it. You wouldn't recommend film. it, eh? Would not. Not I, to anybody, or would it be maybe a very narrow portion? If of I people? met a guy who was really just getting interested in guns, maybe. Because it's already like, seen it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the problem. The people you'd recommend it to like, have already seen or, it. Again, yeah. If my dad is lying on the couch yeah. and it is a Sunday afternoon and that yeah. came on, dad, you should probably watch that. Yeah. You know, it's good that's, for a good nap. That's that's my question to you is 
that's a good movie test. If you're hungover and mm. you see it as an option on TV, are you picking it? That's an interesting point. Um, is there any sports on other than golf? Yeah. That's your line. That's, you it, NASCAR? Is. Well, I mean sports. Like yeah. not I, I like darts, but I don't watch darts. I said NASCAR. Yeah. F one. And NASCAR takes all day, man. I don't got five hundred <laughs> laps in me. Fair Give me a fucking break. Anyway, okay. so we'll go see what the men see and okay. then we'll come back to you. Okay, and we have returned. Hi, hi. Um, <laughs> howdy. How, how did we uh, we like it? You know what I like about watching these clips of Siskel and Ebert on YouTube is I get to remember how terrible the quality oh, of God, yeah. standard definition TVs were. <laughs> we live with that for so much of our lives. I thought it was crystal clear. It was totally yeah. fine. I, oh. Remember High Def coming out and being like, that's dumb. I remember my dad buying a 32-inch TV, and it was like the talk of the town. Yes. <laughs> now you get a, get one of those for free when you buy a mattress. I <laughs> love it. I love it. Oh, my God. Uh, they both said uh, thumbs down. Yeah, thumbs down. Ebert liked it a little bit more than mm. Siskel and yeah. made a point to kind of call yeah. him an idiot in Which so is, many words. He's like, it's not pasted on his goatee. It's <laughs> real. It's obviously You're real. You're just not used to it being as big as it is. I do. He does that sometimes in their fights. When they disagree on things, I've noticed this. You get an Ebert moment where he focuses on a weird detail that Siskel had brought yeah. up and makes it his centerpiece to be like, well, you're dumb. What are you talking about? That wasn't even his point. It's just a, an, like an analogy. It's, just it's, it's not surprising that they didn't enjoy it as much as say Tyson and I did. Yeah. Well, they, they weren't children when they watched yeah. it. Yeah, they a big, but it's funny to me they men. mentioned, oh, they're modern actors and blah, blah. Well, enough time has passed. They're yeah. not modern actors. I know. Tom Selleck, <laughs> right. I mean, she had a bunch of uh, yeah. runway in front of her career. Yeah. But this was like, Tom Selleck still did movies in the 90s, but, yeah. you know, the, the, the days of Tom Selleck ended in 1990. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He didn't do a lot after that yeah. that I can think of. It's but a... it, it's just interesting to me because I think they're viewing it from the lens of the time where these were popular actors, mm-hmm. and they were almost somewhat typecast. Like, he was Magnum yeah. P.I. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you put Magnum P.I. in your movie. No, I put Tom Selleck in my movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Magnum P.I. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, it, it's or one of those... Ferrari. He, he was so locked into that that... Hard to the see him as the down yeah. gruff. Now enough time has passed you that, know. you know, I don't think I've ever even seen an episode of Magnum P.I. I know it exists because it's so permeated into our culture, yeah. Yeah. but I can't I can't name an episode. The, I can't list a plot of it. You in know? the scene of the 80s, yeah, it, yeah, you can't really escape it. I would like to personally thank oh, yeah. Jason Somerville for coming hey, yeah. on, giving us, give, taking fun. us to school, man. I've never been on a podcast. I'll be on it anytime. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you, sir. So here's my shameless plug. Uh, I have a website called TysonGoesOutside.com where I chronicle traveling, hunting, you name it. And I have a YouTube channel of the same name. Same thing. I have firearms reviews, outdoor gear reviews, camping vlogs, you name it. Everything outdoors because I am have ADD and I do outside stuff. Well, thanks, on, man. thanks for coming and being the most normal gun person I've ever met. <laughs> I've toned it down for you guys. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's nice to be thought of. You know he brought a gun with him, right? <laughs> <laughs> Josh. All right. Send us home. All right. Uh, on behalf of Mr. Dylan and myself and Mr. Somerville, until next week, the balcony is fucking closed. <laughs> you fucking forgot. You fucking forgot. Fuck you. Shut up. <laughs>